Well, James, we we made it back for a second week against all odds. Feels good but to be back. It's good. It's great to be back. Eight weeks away, draft weekend. It's coming. So, Andrew, how many mock drafts have you done at this point <laughs> with eight weeks left? Oh man, uh, <laughs> is it is it greater? Or less than the number of weeks we have left. I think it's probably pretty close. Uh, close to being even. Let's go to the official uh, tracker of my mock drafts and, and we'll take a look. We have six. Only six. Ooh, man. Gotta bump those numbers up. But you know, just like any any intense process, this is going to be an exponential distribution and as we get closer that number is going to keep going up and up and up i'm going to start doing crazy things i'm taking five quarterbacks in my first five rounds i'm trying everything that i can mm-hmm. you never know you gotta, never gotta know be prepared so hey last year we saw a, a big quarterback retire in the middle of our draft so you you got to be ready for anything james i'm going as far as training my left hand to use the mouse pad just in case something happens, if I'm in a sling, I can still draft at my usual ah. speed and, and accuracy as I would with my right hand. I'm not taking any chances this year. Well, that is very smart. I was concerned you were going a different direction at the start of that sentence, but I'm relieved that it didn't go the direction I feared. I'm glad I could, could meet all your hopes and, and dreams. Well, without further ado, let's jump into this week's league news. All right. Well, we have received a few rule change submissions from y'all. Um, I was deeply offended. I think our rules are perfect, but we will consider them and uh, you guys can keep sending those in. And we'll compile them, and we'll bring them to the group, and we can all vote on them. Uh, do you know the timetable that we're playing on that, Smeed? I think we'll probably take submissions for the next week and then put them to a vote the week following. That way, we can lock everything in about a month and a half in advance of the draft, because if there are any changes that come in that might affect scoring or different things like that, we want to give everyone enough time to prep for the draft with any new changes in place yeah you you would hate for you know some rule change to make your you know 20 mock drafts that you've done completely pointless exactly yeah so one thing that was suggested to us by sean skerbeck was in in the extreme case that the nfl season gets canceled this year to run a madden fantasy football league where we still get together and we draft players and then we have Madden simulations and we have weekly matchups based on that. I thought that was a great idea, a way to stay connected and and to get our fill of fantasy football. So we're going to kind of use that as our, our backup plan in the worst case scenario that the season gets canceled. So thank you, Sean, for that suggestion. And just know that we are going to have fantasy football this year, whether it's real-life players or, or virtually. And one quick note on the database, still working on wrapping up uh, some of those 
final items on there, making a few enhancements. So hoping to get that done in the next couple weeks here as well. Yeah, that that CGI takes a while to fine tune. 3D rendering. All right, here we go. It's NFL news time. So far, we have gotten reports of about a third of the teams having either their players or their staff infected with the coronavirus. And they also canceled the Hall of Fame game to take place in early August. So things are are moving. You know, this virus is playing an impact. So it's a definite possibility that some bigger changes come through, you know, potentially a shortened season or, or different changes from the league. So we just got to be aware of that, and we'll keep you guys aware of anything that we hear. Um, so far, it sounds like they're planning on having preseason and regular season, but we'll just have to keep a watch out for that. Yeah, I feel like I feel like if anything's going to go, it's going to be those preseason games next. Since uh, what will will one week make a huge difference between the Hall of Fame game and the first week of the preseason? I don't know. Yeah, we can always hope though. Can always hope. Well, for some more lighthearted news, let's head over to the crazy stat for the week. Woohoo! So, James, last year. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up. Gotta get my squat. Get that squat going. Last year, we know that the pick of the draft was easily taking Lamar Jackson in the 11th round. Oh, easily. Great, great pickup. Number one quarterback, first time unanimous NFL MVP taken in the 11th round. Not bad for a running back. Not bad for a running back. Well, what if I told you that four out of the last five years, the top quarterback was drafted in the ninth round or later. What? Yeah. I, I don't believe you. You're going to have to go through each one of them. I am going to have to. 2019, as I mentioned, Lamar Jackson drafted by Zach in the 11th round. Okay, but that's like that seems like a fluke. Because like, who knew that Lamar Jackson was going to take such a huge leap forward? Right. But we look at 2018. Top quarterback was Patrick Mahomes, drafted by Cy Suncom in the ninth round. Man, I feel like I feel like in my mind Cy drafted him way earlier, but good solid pickup. Now let's jump to twenty seventeen. The top quarterback that year was Russell Wilson, and he was drafted by Jackson in round nine. Wow. Twenty sixteen was Aaron Rodgers. Uh, He was drafted in the third round that year by Jay Kessler. So that is excluded, but... Leave it up to Aaron to screw up the Always. Gosh. But 2015, Cam Newton finished number one overall. He was drafted by Sean Skurbeck in the 11th round. Dang. So it seems like ninth round and later are where the... The money quarterbacks are going. That seems to be where they can be found. Now, of course, I'm guessing there were several quarterbacks drafted that late that did not become the first overall. 
Absolutely. All right, Smeet, I want you to, to call your shot right now. What quarterback drafted past the ninth round, ninth round or later, is going to have the best shot at first overall? You know, James, I see what you're trying to do, but you're not getting that information out of me. Dang it. Damn it. Gah. Ah. This close. Gah. Ah. It was a good try. Sorry, everyone. I thought thought that would work. I was trying to help everyone. I'll tell you after the draft, after I draft him. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. That's a Andrew Smead guarantee. TM. This week, we got the chance to talk to our 2019 league champion, Zach Ogden. Uh, we hit him with a couple of would you rather questions and had an interview about his fantasy football history in the league. So without further ado, let's jump over to our interview. Well, we're here with our league champion, 2019 league champion, Zach Eichten. Zach, thank you for joining us. Oh, I wouldn't miss it for the world. Now, before we get into talking about your successful season, we do just want to get a, a personal update from you. You know, what's going on in your life? What are some of the big things happening in the world of Zach Eichten? Well, you know, just, you know, living life to the fullest, you know, really grabbing the bull by the horns, as they say. Um, big updates. Let's see. Um I guess I am getting married, so that is that is Whoa. a big thing. Yes. Oh, really? Uh, yes. Um, despite the tabloid rumors uh, that it's getting called off, it is still on. Um, it, oh, sorry, that was in League Championship, uh, League Champions Monthly. So uh, you guys probably didn't get that this year, so that's why you didn't see those reports. But um, it's uh, yeah, it's going on still. July eighteenth is the big big date. Uh, that's exciting. Um, let's see what else is going on. Um, I'm in a perpetual, uh, limbo of legislative special session hell. Um, so that is interesting. And could you just remind us what your, your job title is? Uh, I am a lobbyist. So I, uh, I am, I am the swamp. Um, Yes, Boo is right. Uh, and what I do is I tell people how they should vote. Um, but when things are at the scale that they are now at, they do not care anymore what I have to say. So that is that. Uh, update for my job. Um, I don't know, I'm looking forward to uh, getting back to that fantasy football grind this uh this fall very nice well let's uh talk about 2019 uh 2019 for you it was a uh, a historic season to say the least exhilarating. You the... i'm sorry it was exhilarating exhilarating your your words and and very true uh you started the season with seven wins right off the bat a seven game win streak which ties for second most only behind your 2016 record where you had eight wins in a row. 
You finished yes. the regular season with 10 wins, a record of 10 and 3, which was the first time in league history that anyone finished the regular season with 10 wins. You then went on to playoffs where you averaged a 36.8 point margin of victory in your two playoff games where you got your first championship, but you also set the record for the highest average points per game this season. So talk to us. What what happened? Uh, well, what happened is my, my draft strategy, um, highly criticized by some in the league, turns out to be a winner uh, yet again um, as far as, you know, getting me... A, not in the loser's bracket, but this year actually all the way uh, to the championship. Um, we got, let's see, we got Lamar Jackson, I think in, what is it, the ninth or the 12th round or something crazy. Um, and obviously he was he was a real big part of this team's uh, team's victory. Uh, you you can't, can't deny the kid has talent. Um, and, and we went to, got there without him. Um, as far as those, as far as those big wins, though, I, I mean... What it comes down to is, I guess my team just wanted wanted the victory more this year than than other teams did, and and that's what it comes down to. More so heart. True. Beautiful. So the first year of the league, you uh, missed out on playoffs, but the four years after that, you were able to make the playoffs every time. But you just happened to lose your first matchup in those seasons. This year, obviously, you were able to go the distance and win and even set the record for the highest playoff average score uh, or the highest playoff total score with 168.7 points. What do you think about this year uh, made it successful? Well, I mean, let's just, let's go back to that first season um, where we had, uh, you know, six teams in the league in that, in that very first season, Um, you know, great, great group of guys. Um, I knew nothing about football back then, so I refused to count that um, in in any sort of statistics um, or memory. Uh, moving Don't on worry, from that, I also wasn't counting that, and okay. that was not included. Oh, oh, right, you weren't you weren't there for that one, so I, I forgot uh, you, you were one of those add-ons that I voted against. Um, so, you know, looking looking at uh, everything else, you know. It's it's all about just drafting the right players, um, and then I, I think I heard last week on Commissioner's Corner here that uh, we had a record low number of trades. Um, do you either of you remember if I made any trades last year? Because uh, I do not. You did make one trade. Um, Who did I, I trade with? Some, let me do some checking on that one. Uh, but I do have you down for for one trade this last year. Yeah, because I I think that that's sort of a secret to to my success here is I like to to make at least one uh, one trade a year, really spice things up, um, make sure that um, you know the the team stays on their toes. You never know if you're going to be the one that gets uh, you know pushed off uh, to to a different team, uh, you know, a, a worse team than mine. Um, so makes the guys really play harder, if you ask me. Um, the, uh, you know, talking about, you know, previous playoffs, you know, we're, we're finally in a position where we had the, had the right group of guys um, able to go the distance. Um, let's just, you know, 
put it out there. Those those other groups that made it to the playoffs, it, as much a uh, condition of other teams, you know, ineptitude compared to my team's goodness. So uh, we had to, you know, we finally made the finally made the right adjustments to actually have a good team going into playoffs. So just for a record, the trade was with. Uh, Clay Tucker's team, hop aboard the Magic Skull Bus. You mm. sent Aaron Rodgers and O.J. Howard in return for David Johnson and Evan Ingram. Oh, that was a bust. You know, that that, that trade was, you know, I wanted my best friend back, uh, David Johnson. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll just say it. Evan Ingram I played maybe one game after that, and David Johnson got negative points, I think, through the rest of the season. Um, but, you know, with Lamar, uh, we weren't going to play Aaron. We, you know, wanted to give, uh, you know, Clay's team a chance there. And O.J. Howard was just atrocious, and I wanted him off the roster yeah. in a way that uh, didn't make me feel bad about just dropping the kid. Yeah, seems like there's just zero quality of player in that trade on both yeah. sides. Yeah, you, you look at the trade and you think, wow, that probably made an impact. Um, and then you actually look at the impact and say, no, you, you did nothing. You did not improve your team. Um, you marginally improved Clay's team. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it was it was fine. You know, I, I like doing one trade, uh, you know, speculative trade. You know, we thought David was going to make a big bounce back in that last half of the season there. And uh, we had him on a few other teams, so we wanted to, you know, Really round out the season, bring our best friend aboard. Should have won in 2016 uh, when when David brought us all the way. So it's good to have him on the squad when we finally did get that last W. Well, not all trades can be wins, but one thing that was a win that you have alluded to was your draft this year. Uh, one of the, the strongest drafts looking back in hindsight. So let me just go through some of your, your picks this year, this last year. You got Julio Jones in the first. Dalvin Cook in the second. Good pick. That was huge. That was a big pickup for the squad. T.Y. Hilton in the third. Before the news of Andrew Luck hit, just a reminder, Josh Jacobs uh, in the fourth. Yes. Great pick. Great pickup. Cooper Cup in the fifth. Kenyon Drake in the sixth. See, that like Kenyon Drake, Drake pick is the one. Yes, exactly. That is the one that really sealed the deal for our uh, the last half of our season, um, you know, the Dolphins and, and Kenyon were just not a good, uh, not a good system to work with. So getting him over to uh, to uh, Arizona, there, you know, did knock off my man DJ three, but that's fine. So we did mention uh, Julio Jones in the first, T.Y. Hilton in the third. This last year was your first year taking wide receiver in the first round. And taking a your second wide receiver before round five, does this play any impact to your strategy going forward of maybe targeting some of those wide receivers earlier on? Um, you know what? I don't think so. Um, I think that looking back, if I had been able to get uh, a different player other than Ty, you know, he did his job, but um, I, I probably would have picked someone else, as you said uh, earlier. Uh, the Andrew Luck announcement happened mere moments after I picked up T.Y. And uh, while Brissett was able to get him some points this year, it was just not uh, the output I was expecting from a third-round draft pick. Um, so 
I, I would have to be honest. I, I was not excited about picking receivers and I probably wouldn't do it if you, if they weren't the, uh, you know, best available at the time. Fair enough. Let me hit you with this other stat that might play an impact into your drafting strategy. Been in the year league of record officially six years. And only two times have you drafted from the back half. The first time was in 2016, where you were in spot 7 out of 10, finished as the regular season champion. And in 2019, where you were in spot 10 out of 12, finished as the regular season champion. Is your preferred spot now in the back half of the draft? I, I think the the value of getting that uh, around the horn act, and, and getting someone early in that second round is really what brings a lot of value to my team. Um, I, I think there's a lot of pressure on those top pick guys. Uh, I, I look at someone like Saquon this year uh, who just didn't have a great year, uh, you know, did fine for most of the games, but just overall wasn't the superstar that folks were expecting, wasn't really deserving necessarily of that number one pick. You look at a guy like Alvin Kamara, uh, again, just really below expectations um, versus the value of someone like Dalvin Cook early on in that second round. Um, I, I think that my preferred drafting spot would be, uh, uh, you know, looking back uh, probably in, in the back half here versus the uh, the typical front half draft that, that I've uh, had. Um, yeah. Just I'm looking at the you know the draft from last year when Saquon, uh, McCaffrey, Kamara, um, and then DeAndre Hopkins at number six, David Johnson at seven. Like it was just and Todd Gurley at eight, Le'Veon at nine. Looking at those you know those mid round and even early round uh, picks, I don't think any of them necessarily lived up except for McCaffrey to. Uh, their draft spot. Um, so I'm, I'm happy with the value that you get with the late round, uh, first round and an early second. Going to jump in to the middle of this interview to talk about this week's sponsor. This week, our sponsor for the episode is Wheat Thins. Wheat Thins, one of the tastiest snacks I've ever had. Wheat Thins, eat this. While we had our guests on the show, we hit him with a would you rather question. So let's jump over to the would you rather question for this week featuring Zach Eichten. So, Zach, would you rather have $1,000 in your fab budget for the entire season and everyone else still just has a hundred dollars, or have a list of who will be the top ten running backs and wide receivers before you draft. I'd rather have the list. Um, you know, I, I think, especially with this with this crew, um, all of us being, I think, fairly uh, reserved in our budgeting. Um, you know, if there's a player that I really want, you know, hundred dollars, I'll be able to get them. Um, those, that, that top list though, that would be invaluable, you know, get, even in the first, uh, you know, that's 20 players you get, you guarantee that you're getting at least, uh, 
you know, top five uh, of either a running back or a receiver um, in that first uh, sort of sort of go around there. Um, and probably a, a, another top one. Um, and you can't always guarantee that uh, uh, when you're when you're looking at, um, you know, who who is going to actually perform uh, in the post draft. Smeed, do you have any input? What, what, what would you rather? I would definitely have the list. I think the list comes with a factor of certainty. There's a certainty that these players will be in the top 10 at the end of the season, where regardless of how much fab you have, if you're blowing it on someone, you have no idea how they're going to end up. Um, you have, you know, TJ Hawkinson last year put up like 40 oh, points yes. in week one and then just fell off the map. So I'd rather have that certainty that comes with the, the list. Congratulations. You both got it right. Yay. We win. All right. Now, more of a Zach-specific would-you-rather. Would you rather win the title again next year or have Fitz be fully potty trained? I'd rather win the title. Absolutely. You know, 100%. Fitz is... 100%. Fitz really only has his bad moments. He's looking at me very cranky as I'm talking about this <laughs> for the world to hear. But he really only has his, has his moments of, uh, you know, losing control when he sees, you know, people he thinks are exciting. Um, uh, so, you know, as long as we can get him outside before that happens, I don't, I don't really care if he pees on concrete outside, you know. I'd much rather win the title, um, and I, I would choose that in perpetuity, absolutely. That was this week's Would You Rather question. Now let's jump over to the second half of our interview. Now, do you have any draft day superstitions that you always follow, like like you wear a certain pair of socks or you eat or don't eat certain type of food? Uh, yeah, I... I... On the food one, I, I make sure I definitely don't eat any gluten um, leading up to the draft. You got to keep the stomach clear for that. Um, other Makes than sense. that, other than that, you know, it's uh, just doing the the little bit of prep work that I that I put in, um, trying to figure out who who I'm gonna be picking them in those top uh, you know those top twelve spots, and then uh, you know just really uh, going by the seat of my pants. Eat, you know, back when we were going to the same drafting spot in you know, the last two years, we're switching up this year, I know. But, you know, the night before, definitely go watch the fish video for at least four hours. Get your mind right. Uh, we won't have that this year, so I'll probably have to download one on my phone uh, to try to mimic the experience. But that that's a, that's a draft day strategy. So over the course of the league's history, Many, many memorable moments. Do you have a favorite? Hmm. You know, I, I think my favorite moment is uh, the the realization about halfway through the uh, season where Luke Luke ended up losing and, and did the punishment, um, one of his many times losing uh, and having to do a punishment uh on the stand-up comedy uh, act for the punishment. <laughs> um, and going to the comedy act absolutely 
was a favorite moment, but my favorite moment was probably leading up to that towards the end of the season when people realized that I had set it up uh, for it to be the stand-up act in case I had lost that year. Um, then the punishment wouldn't be that bad for me having done uh, open mics before. And that, that to me was, was just true bliss um, uh, of people finally realizing that and figuring that out. Um, so that's my favorite moment is pulling one over on all you fools. Well, Zach, you've proven yourself a formidable fantasy owner, but everyone has a weakness and yours appears to be none other than David book. You have, yeah, I cannot beat that guy. Oh my gosh. Just to throw a Terrible. couple of stats out, out there uh, about your contest against David, you score 86.7 points on average when playing against him. You have a total record of 3 and 10. And your last win was all the way back in week 2 of the 2016 season. You've been 0 and 7 against him since. Does this worry you? Oh, every time. Um, you know, everybody has has those opponents that you just can't uh can't quite seem to get a win on. If I remember right, I think David has a similar record actually against you, Andrew, um, of just very, very bad, very bad performance. Um, you know, you hate to see it, but it's part of the game. Uh, you have to respect the, you, you know, the talent you see uh, out there on the field. Um, and sometimes your your guys just don't show up to play, and and there's not much that uh, you as a manager can do about that. Uh, so I I like to think that you know, of all the people in the league, um, I would still prefer David to win over a lot of people. So if I can help him on that on that path, um, you know, I, I'd be happy to do that. Yeah, you know, they say you know Superman has his kryptonite. And Batman has the sound of his mother's own name, so it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to get over your your Achilles heel. Now, finally, not only are you the reigning champ, but you've now set the record for average points scored in back-to-back years. How do you think you're going to keep this momentum going forward into next season and defend your title? Well, I, I think a lot of uh, a lot of players out there fall into you know two two very large camps that I, I like to try to avoid um, the uh, the the team managers who go for only big names um, will only go for names that they know outright um, or ha- had a really good last season um, and, and tend not to to focus too much on. Uh, uh, on where they're at this year. Um, and then there's the other players on the op- complete opposite side um, that, you know, everything's speculation. They're going big or they're going home, and usually they end up going home. Um, I like to split the difference, especially during draft season. That's when you really make the big bucks, is, uh, you know, just taking the player that's the best fit for your team. Um, I think I've gotten pretty good at that over the years, and I'm hoping to... Uh, um, you know, you keep that momentum going forward. Uh, you know, we got really lucky this past year getting Lamar so late in the in the uh, in the draft. Um, you know, it, it's it's big. Uh, you know, big pickups like that. You know, we had uh, who who was picked before 
um, Lamar Jackson. You know, you got to look like Jalen Richard, um, the Oakland running back. But you know, before a starting quarterback for Baltimore, uh, you got to you got to look at uh, you know high high value uh, things like that. At least that's what I like to do. Um, try not to get too too caught up in the in the name recognition, and you know, just go with your gut. And that's that's worked pretty well for me so far. Fantastic. Well, best of luck to you in this next season, and thank you for your time today. And uh, we'll catch you on the flip. All right. Well, thanks for having me on the on the program, boys. We uh, love to see great content like this being produced. Well, thank you for joining us this week on Commissioner's Corner. Tune in next week when we get a chance to talk to the 2019 second place finisher, Sean Skirbeck. We'll catch you then. Signature sign-off. Wink. Just for the record, I would choose Fitz being potty trained. I know how much of a burden that is on you. <laughs> it's very, it's very honorable.